What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. This is a trade deadline special. We are less than a week away from the trade deadline, and man, are there some massive names that could be moved. What better of a guest could we have today than Ken Rosenthal, our own Fox Sports Ken Rosenthal, trade deadline insider, breaking all the news. I am pumped to welcome him in and get all the knowledge that he has and give it all to you as well. So let's get to it. Here we go. Start the show already. August 2nd, my friends. August 2nd is the trade deadline. It is currently Wednesday, July 27th, meaning we are less than one week away. And who better to bring on? We're going to talk to him in just a couple of minutes. Ken Rosenthal, just a legend of the game. The greatest bow ties there ever were. His closet full of bow ties has to be remarkable. But he's also really good, breaking a lot of news. And what better time to bring him on? I actually believe we did this last year as well. Uh, A little special trade deadline brought on Ken Rosenthal. But this year feels different. Juan Soto is up for grabs. Apparently, we'll talk to Ken about how real or... Maybe not that is, but Juan Soto is perhaps the greatest hitter in baseball and doing things that haven't been done since Ted Williams. And this is a big deal, guys. This is a a once-in-a-generation talent, it seems. Not going to put him there yet, but as, as, as I discussed earlier this week, he is on a list before players that turn 24 years old, top 10 WRC+. He's on a list with Mickey Mantle, Mike Trout, um, and, and you know, Ty Cobb, these names are unbelievable that he's on here with Albert Pujols is on there, Joe Jackson and Juan Soto. So this is sort of an unprecedented trade deadline. Yes, it's always an exciting time of year, but this is unprecedented because of the magnitude that it's involved. It's because Juan Soto was just just offered $440 million and turned it down. And now it's, what do the Nationals do? It feels like they have to trade him. So I'm going to ask Ken about that, but there's also a lot of these big teams in the in the American League side uh, for sure. You know, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, they seem to be on a collision course for each other in October. What are they going to do? The Yankees have an Astros problem. What do they do to get over that hump? They also have... More problems than that because Michael King, who's been fantastic in the bullpen, is out for the year. Chad Green, who is so good, is out for the year. So they have some weaknesses there. I want to talk to Ken about what direction are the Yankees going to go in and just how big could they go? Are they in on Juan Soto? Asking him that as well. Another team in the AL East, the Red Sox. What are the Red Sox going to do? They, they're sitting right around 500, and with that extra wild card team, Who knows? I mean, half the league is going to make it. But they just don't feel like a playoff team this year. Their pitching isn't there. The back end of their lineup isn't good. Could they be in full sell mode? And then the Houston Astros. I'm excited to talk to Ken about what are they going to do. They appear to be a complete team on the surface. Where do you add? Let's look at their weaknesses this year. And weaknesses, you know, you can point to a catcher, the catching position offensively. But the Astros love 
Martin Maldonado. And what he does for that pitching staff can't be, you, you can't put a number on that. He's so good behind the plate. First base, Yuli Gurriel, batting champion last year, gold glove. But this year it hasn't been that good. I've heard rumblings of them in on Josh Bell. But I'm going to ask Ken, is that real? Like, just how in are they on him? So I'm excited for this conversation. Who better to have? It's a couple. He's been on the show a couple of times now. I'm really excited because the trade deadline really, really matters. And, and, and it matters for, for years to come. Think of it. It's not just, okay, let's add for the, our team this year. We could be really good. No, this is generational. This is stuff happening that affects an organization forever. Look at what we've seen over the couple of years. Look what we could see this year. If Juan Soto is moved, which, and I'm going to ask him what it would take, but an organization is going to have to give up their top four, five, six, seven, who knows, prospects. Those guys could turn into superstars down the road. So this is this is big stuff that we're coming up on here in just a few days. And and one I like to point to and that I've heard a lot of talk about lately is my brother's trade from the Detroit Tigers a few years ago. That trade's going to go down as being one of the worst. Justin goes on to Houston, helps them win a world championship. His record in Houston is is unlike anything we've ever seen before. He's gone on to Houston and revitalized his career. And the Tigers got Daz Cameron, um, it, it, Jake Rogers. It, it just wasn't pretty there. So I love the trade deadline. This is one of my favorite times of the year. And to be able to have this platform and bring on a guy like Ken Rosenthal, I'm really excited about. I hope you all are as well. So everything I just mentioned and much, much more, we're going to get to that in just a second. And bringing on a writer for The Athletic, our own on-field MLB on Fox on-field reporter. You know him with all the bow ties. He is an absolute legend of the game. And I know I use that word with a lot of people. I mean it even more so with Ken Rosenthal. This guy is a legend at what he does, and I'm excited to bring him in now, Ken Rosenthal. Ken, thank you for joining me again, my friend. Ben, thank you. You're, I mean, we're literally a week out. I imagine you got your phone right next to you right now. You're locked and loaded. So it's so great to have you on, man. I, I really do appreciate it. And let's get right into it. We're, we're a week away, as I said. Now, what are three things? If I said, Ken, three things that you think are going to happen, three deadline things that you are anticipating happening in the coming days, what do you got for me? Well, Ben, I can't give you which teams are going to get which players. Correct. But I can give you three players that I think will go. And Juan Soto is one of them. I do expect he's going to get traded. And my general feeling in situations like this is when there is this much talk, this much momentum, that it generally tends to happen. Imagine August 2nd, if 6 o'clock Eastern passes and there's no Soto trade. There's going to be a lot of deflation throughout the sport and that's not a reason for the nationals to do it but it just seems to me that the fact they're dangling him at age 23 with the potential to cap him for three pennant races yes it's going to be an incredible return if they actually do it but i expect because of the quality of the player the future hall of fame quality of the player that they're going to get something that really makes them say okay let's do it You think he is moving. This is unprecedented. This guy is 23 years old. He's 
the the best hitter in the game. He's in categories with only Ted Williams up to this point in his career. And we're looking at a trade. I mean, what is a trade package going to look like for Juan Soto? How does that happen? He's got two years of control left before somebody's going to have to pay him half a billion dollars. So how much are teams truly willing to give up of a farm system right now? We're going to find out, Ben. And as I reported last weekend, what the Nationals have asked for is five to six top young players. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, four to five top young players. Mm-hmm. I'm increasing the size of the package already. <laughs> so it's four to five top young players. They don't have to be just prospects. Some can be young major leaguers with low service time, guys who have a ways to go before they become free agents. And that is where they stand. And yes, there are only a few teams that can do that. There are probably only a few teams that would take Soto the rest of his $17 million salary this season, and that salary is going up to, I don't know, 22 to $25 million next season, and then after that, even higher. So it is probably a limited market in some respects, but you can look at a low-revenue team, and that team, if it has enough prospects, can say, you know what, we'll do this this year. We'll see if we can get him. We can even pay him next year. You could probably afford Juan Soto. Any team could at $20, $25 million for one season and then you trade him again that is a conceivable scenario though i don't know that it is the one that will win the day i do expect the team that gets him will be a team with money and the team that expects to keep him through the end of his control unbelievable so let's say why didn't the Nationals, for instance, why why aren't they paying him? They offer him that deal that on the surface surface looks good, $440 million, but you start looking at the AAV, he deserves more than that. Do, why aren't the Nationals willing to pay him what Juan Soto deserves to be paid? Well, you could argue, first of all, Ben, that $440 million is a number <laughs> that is worthy of Juan Soto. And... Well, you're right. The AAV would have been the 20th highest in Major League history as it stands today. There have been deals like that before, including one for Scott Boris client, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper signed a $330 million deal as a free agent for 13 years. Yeah. Why? He wanted a big guarantee. He wanted to be above Stanton. He got above Stanton, but he didn't get the AAV he wanted. His AAV is $4 million below what the Nationals offered Soto. So I get it. And I also get because they're thinking, well, we offered them almost half a billion dollars. Sure. What's the problem here? So also, if you're the Nationals, that was their third offer. Third offer without receiving a counter. According to the Washington Post, there were no counters. Wow. So how much higher do you go? And is there a point where Scott Boris, who generally prefers his clients to establish their values on the open market, is there a point he would even take a deal at this stage of Juan Soto's yeah. career? I'm not sure there is. Maybe certainly every indication is that Scott Boris wants Soto to become a free agent. Soto wants to become a free agent and he's starting now with a baseline of 440 million guaranteed. <laughs> Last one for you on Juan Soto and Ken, I know you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're great at knowing what's going on behind the scenes. So you mentioned a few teams who are a few teams as of right now, things change every second, but who are a few teams that are most in on Juan Soto right now? I would say San Diego is a team to be reckoned with here. Now, the loss of Mackenzie Gore, who went on the IL Tuesday with an elbow problem, that is a blow because he likely would have been part of a package for Soto or could have been part of a package for another player. So that hurts them. It hurts their depth. But there is a desire there. We've seen A.J. Preller do this before. He is 
excellent at getting the players he wants. Not so excellent always at building a team, a team around these guys, but he is someone who is fearless. He is someone who is willing, and this team has shown a willingness to spend money. So all of those things bode well in the Padres' favor, even with the loss of Gore. The Cardinals have been getting a lot of attention, and the Cardinals, because they have a terrific farm system with players that definitely would intrigue Washington, are, if they want to be, a factor. My question with them is, they need two starting pitchers, Ben. Not one. They need two. And if you need two starting pitchers, and you go get Juan Soto and you can't get, for instance, Luis Castillo, I don't know that they're going to do all of that. What kind of team do you have? You have a team that can score a lot, yes, (laughs) but you don't have a rotation that can carry you through a playoff series. I mean, right now, they're looking at Wainwright, Michaelis, and who knows if either one of those guys might fade as the season goes on. It's certainly possible. Dakota Hudson's had a physical issue. Matt's is on the IL again. They are short on starting pitch. They've got Palante in the rotation. He's a guy who's going to have an innings limit. So from that perspective, I'm having a hard time seeing St. Louis. But the one thing I always say at this time of year is that things will happen that will make our heads turn, that will surprise us, even stun us. So nothing would surprise me. And then there are the usual suspects, the Yankees, the Dodgers, those kinds of teams who have great prospects in their organization and, of course, a lot of money as well. Those teams tend to be rational. They tend not to do things like this. So we'd have to see if they'd be willing. The Cardinals are another team. They don't necessarily do trades like this. Now, they made the Arenado trade, but they didn't give up much. They made the Goldschmidt trade. Turns out they didn't give up that much for him either. So it's possible, but I don't see it. And then there are a group of other teams. Toronto would be one. Seattle would be another that could conceivably get into this mix number two this one is not as questionable Luis Castillo is going to go he is the best starting pitcher available or at least the best starting pitcher known to be available there may be one or two available that we don't know about but he is a guy with control not just for the rest of this season but also next season that increases his value on the trade market and to the team acquiring him and he's really good so I expect yes that he will be traded And finally, Wilson Contreras. For the last two days, we've seen him get emotional talking to reporters. We've seen him tip his hat to the crowd at Wrigley, believing it's his final game. Every indication is that he is going to be moved as well. And I want to talk to you about the Yankees because a month ago, it looked like they were on top of the world and couldn't be beat, and they, they were the best team of all time. Here we are a month later, and they have their weaknesses, and the Astros exposed that a little bit. They beat them in five of the seven games this year. Um, What are the Yankees going to do? What are they looking to accomplish around the trade deadline? is, Is Joey Gallo potentially on the move? What are they looking to add? When it comes to the New York Yankees, what can we expect by August 2nd? Man, first of all, and you know this as well as anyone, it's a long season. There are going to be dips. I didn't expect the Yankees to win 125 games exactly. and just say goodbye. Now, they do have some issues. There's no doubt about that. Michael King out for the season, that hurts them. They've already lost Chad Green for the season. That's their bullpen. Chapman's not the same. They definitely need bullpen help. They are in the mix for Castillo. They could use another starter as well because they have some questions there and one more bat. Someone in the outfield probably to replace Gallo and someone really contact-oriented approach because in the postseason that plays. And they have a good offense. There's no question about that. Very good offense. But at the same time, 
having one more contact guy would probably make that offense, which leads the majors in runs, even better. Now, you say somebody to potentially replace Gallo. Do you foresee Gallo just not having as much playing time, or are the Yankees looking to move Joey Gallo? I don't know exactly where they stand with him. I would expect they would like to move him simply because it's not working. And it hasn't worked, and sometimes that happens, and you just move on, right? Yeah. What are they going to get for Joey Gallo at this point? Very little. Potential free agent, making good money, and not performing at all. Now, maybe if you get him out of New York, maybe there's a deal to be had with another contender where you give him Joey Gallo, you get maybe a bullpen arm in return, major league bullpen arm, and that's how you go about it. I'm just speculating. I have no yeah. idea if that is actually yeah. happening. But I would expect that they need to move on or want to move on from him. I want to stick in the AL East with a team that is fascinating to me coming up on the trade deadline, the Boston Red Sox. What are, are, are they buyers? Are they sellers? Let's just start right there. What direction do they want to go in at this trade deadline? I think they want to wait a little bit. And you said at the top of this segment, we are a week away, right? We're a yeah. week away from the deadline. And what can happen in a week? They've had some horrible injuries. They'll know in a week where Devers and Story and some of the others stand. Obviously, Sale is not coming back. And they've got series against the Guardians and the Brewers. Now, if they don't play well against those two teams after getting swept by the Blue Jays, then it's pretty clear that they're not going to be a playoff team this year. But right now, they still are capable of being a playoff team. They're right there. So could they buy and sell? Yes, they could buy and sell. Could they outright sell? I expect they could do that too if the next five games don't go very well for them. They had a better performance last night against the Guardians, but if you look at their lineup at the box score, it's depleted. Yeah. It's not the same Red Sox team that we're used to seeing. Supposedly, J.D. Martinez is coming back Tuesday night. That will help. But yes, they could sell. I don't believe they would sell Bogarts or trade Bogarts. And the reason is he's got a no trade or actually full no trade protection due to his service time. It's just not something that can feasibly be done. He's going to want something to waive the no trade. Scott Boris, his agent's going to get involved. It gets complicated. And I don't even know that they want to move Bogarts when they still have a chance to sign him. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, Ben. I'm, I'm with you. They are one of the most fascinating teams right now. You're a pro, Ken. You knew where I was going. I was going, if they do five days from now, if they're sellers, is Xander Bogarts a potential to be on the move? But you knew where I was going. And the, so from what I hear, there's just too much that would need to happen in a few days for Xander Bogarts to waive his no trade, get Boris involved. And, and for that reason, you, you don't see that that's feasible. No, I don't especially when you have so many other things going on. Now, if they were just trading Xander Bogarts, okay, but Nathan Ovaldi is a potential free agent. J.D. Martinez, also in his walk here. Christian Vasquez, Matt Strom. They have all of these pieces that they can move if this is the direction they decide to go in. And the Bogarts situation would complicate it. And also, their team president, Sam Kennedy, went on the radio in Boston Tuesday and said, we're not talking about trading Bogarts or Rafael Devers, who has one more year after this one. Now, things change at the deadline. I don't take any statement at face value, but I don't <laughs> expect Bogarts to move. Last one for you. I want to talk about the the other best team other than the Yankees in the American League. So far this year, it's been the Astros and the Yankees and then really everybody else after them. 
The Astros appear to be a really good and complete team. I think people undervalue Martin Maldonado, a catcher. People look there, but the Astros seemingly love Maldonado. So what does this team, what is the Houston Astros looking to do at the trade deadline? Are they, are they in on relievers? Are they in on a, on a Josh Bell type? Where do they stand coming to up on the trade deadline? They definitely are in on Josh Bell. And they could use an upgrade at first base. It's certainly something that they're looking at. And clearly, they're a pretty complete team, as you said. So I don't know that they need to do much. Josh Bell would help. You always could use another bullpen arm. Though their bullpen has been outstanding. It's been really good. So other than trading Verlander, I don't know that they need to do much at all. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, you're right. And you look around that road. Hold on. One more point on that. One more point on that. Catching. Now, I don't believe Contreras is really a great fit for them because they rely so heavily on Maldonado yeah. to call games, help with their pitching staff, all of that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Jason Castro has been out. He's got a knee issue, I believe. And they could use another catcher simply because they need someone else. Maldonado doesn't play every day. So, yeah, I would not be surprised to see them add a catcher. I just would be a little surprised if it was Contreras. Right, so Contreras is an everyday guy. You wouldn't sit Maldonado and play him once a week. Cause, so what other, what other catcher is out there on the market that they could potentially be looking at? I'm not sure, but what if Vasquez becomes available from the Red Sox? Yep. That's a pretty good fit right there. I don't know that he will be, but there are always guys floating around. And granted, it's not probably going to be a star catcher. Right. Yeah. You know that. But at the same time, there are players that they can get. Ken, I'm always super appreciative of your time, man. I know this is the busiest time of year for you. You're probably ha hardly sleeping at all. But to take a few minutes and come on Flipping Bats, I really appreciate it, my friend. Always, Ben. Thanks a lot, man. Of course. See ya. All right. I just wanted to thank again Ken Rosenthal for joining me right now. I know his phone is right next to him. I know he was locked and loaded. I even told him beforehand, if you needed to take a phone call, I totally understand it is that time of year. And he comes on here, and the first thing he mentioned is that Juan Soto is going to get moved. That's his first and foremost thing that he said is, I think Juan Soto is moved. I don't know if you're watching this episode or listening, but if you're listening only, my jaw almost hit the floor. That's the biggest conversation of all. And Ken Rosenthal comes on and the first thing he says is, hey, I think Juan Soto is moving. So naturally, I just had a million follow-up questions. This is monumental. We are a few days away from the trade deadline and Juan Soto could be moved here any day now buckle up anything that happens you will hear it right here on flipping bats i hope you all enjoyed this episode this was a lot of fun trade deadline special with special guest ken rosenthal wherever you're listening hit that subscribe button apple spotify google all that good stuff and follow us on all social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and you can watch every episode on youtube as well at flipping bats pod i hope you all enjoyed this one buckle up my friends this next week is going to be wild but i will see you tomorrow for another episode of flipping bats peace